the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, Ken. How are you, sir? Oh, feeling very well, Doc. And yourself? I'm wunderbar. We had a little bit of Green Day there. They're kind of a left-wing punk rock group, but I thought it was a nice intro. American Idiot. They're talking about Trump, I think. Did you <laughs> notice how everybody's piling on the poor guy? I mean, Chris Wallace, who never, was never a Trump guy anyway, he's uh, he's openly bad-mouthing him now. And Neil Cavuto is doing everything he can not to say anything bad, just disagreeing with anybody who says anything good about him. Yeah, off the air, so, we were talking about Fox. We're not quite sure where they're headed or what they're thinking over there right now. So. Yeah, well, they're losing audience, I'm sure. I know Newsmax is picking them up, and uh, then the, that new uh, social media, MeWe, yeah. that seems to be growing, and that's getting a lot of traction. I saw that on the uh, on the business channel, on the Fox Business Channel. They're interviewing the CEO and founder of that. And uh, and I guess, uh, what's, the, what's the one they pulled off or they, they took out? Um, parlor parlor yes <clears throat> that captain matt said was still available and i could never find it uh, apparently they're going to try and come back and, but they're going through a russian uh hosting service so that should be interesting that'll make for a lot of conspiracy theories <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> unbelievable you're absolutely right i hadn't thought about that yet <laughs> yeah that'll really get that'll that'll get the left really <laughs> yes going, it will you know, they're, they hate the russians anyway yeah. even though they want to be like them I, I don't get it. You know, they want to emulate Russia's uh, political model and have a, a socio-fascist state, but they hate the Russians. You got to have Can an you, enemy in today's politics. Yeah, you, you know, somebody has to explain some yeah. of this to me. I don't get it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so confusing. But you know, like I said before, they, they, you know, this may not be a conspiracy. They may really be that stupid. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I, I think it's quite possible. So at any rate, you know, now Biden's taking credit for uh, for the vaccine and Biden wants to squeeze an extra shot of vaccine out of every Pfizer vial. Well, Pfizer wanted to do that and Trump wanted to do that. But now it's Biden. He's doing it. So what would we do without Biden? Yeah, I guess I was about to say we talked about this weeks ago before Biden was anywhere near being. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And remember, I said before before the election, I said, if Biden wins, all of a sudden, all this uh, all the shutdowns and all the uh, sheltering in place and all that will will cease. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Washington, D.C., New Jersey, Michigan, a number of the of the red state or not the red, the blue states that have been uh, clamping down hard on their citizenry. Now they're allowing the restaurants right. to have indoor dining. That's right. My home state of Illinois opened up this week so. with 25 percent. Yeah. You know, now that Biden's here, the virus is going away. <laughs> <laughs> In, in one week. <laughs> How did he do it? He's a miracle worker. He walks on water. <laughs> it's just politics. 
Oh, but now the press is all upset because they're saying, well, the Pfizer vials, uh, that last six dose, it's not fair because it's hard to get it out. The poor doctors and clinics and hospitals don't have the right size needle. Give me a break. We've got... What? We, we squeeze... You, you can't believe what we squeeze out of vials to, to make them stretch so that we can save a little money for the practice. Sure. All you got to do is It's only smart. A, you want to use all your product. You know, if they're concerned about that, just ask all the diabetics to bring in a, one of their insulin needles. They've got these real short little skinny needles on them that uh, work quite well. There you go. And, uh, you know, if you know how to do it, you can get it out. Plus, it's probably not absolutely necessary to get the whole dose you probably can get half of it and still be uh, still mount a good immune response go back and get the second one you'll be fine and you've had your second one now and you're still feeling okay no problems <laughs> <laughs> doc's got all these spikes on his forehead now so. <laughs> i've spiked baby i've spiked <laughs> so yeah i got it now listen i robin and and uh, ron and some of the other guys uh, at the hospital they uh, got their second dose, and, of course, they were sick. They had to lay out a day. I'm like, yeah, right, out shopping. <laughs> and uh, so you bunch of weenies. <laughs> take an Advil and get back to work. Yeah, take two. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, don't mess around. Double up there you and go. get back to work. So, anyway, so now... Uh, Joe's going to cure the virus. It's going to be over soon. And his new best friend is Fauci, the idiot, who really should be held accountable for malpractice, but he doesn't hold license in any state because if you work for the government as a researcher, you don't need a medical license. But he's still a doctor. A doctor of, of what exactly? He's a doctor of medicine, and his specialty is researching and uh, immunology. But he's not a medical doctor. He is an MD. He is he an MD. MD. Okay. Right. Yes, he is. But he's he hasn't practiced medicine. And if you work for the federal government, uh, you don't need a, a a license in the jurisdiction. Hmm. You, so, like, if you're at the VA, you you get a pass on that. Uh, and if you're a researcher at the CDC or National Institute of Health or whatever, you don't need a license to practice medicine. Now, a lot of people maintain their license because they want to stay active and, you know, be in a little bit in the uh, clinical world so they don't lose touch. But this guy hadn't seen a sick patient, I'm sure, for decades, other than on paper. Yeah. No. But Well, he's he, got carte blanche to talk now, that's for sure. He sure does. Yeah. And he's, and he's going to be Mr., uh, Mr. Wonderful. Indoor dining gets okay in big cities just after Trump leaves office. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> and it was predicted and here a long time ago. It, we predicted it months ago. Yes. We're going to change and, the name of the show to uh, your Radio MD Prophet and Doctor. Prophet. The Prophet. <laughs> was it Ezekiel who prophesied the flood? Yeah, you got it, me on that one. I'm not sure. I think it was. But uh, at any rate, I'm going to. I'm going to prophesize a flood of uh, of chaos here soon. Oh, and did you see where the left wing out in Seattle and Portland are pitching a fit and rioting again? Yeah, what's did that? All, what are they upset about now? That um, they want open borders now. Ah, but you know they blamed it initially the first night. They blamed it on the right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so CNN and MSNBC said those right wing people are rioting again. I'm looking at those guys and saying, hey. I don't think so. Uh, but, you know, this is the West Coast, yeah. And and then this guy that uh, 
let's see, what's his name? Jake and and Angica Angel Angeli Angeli Jake Angeli. He was born uh, Chansley Jacob Chansley. Um, he's the one that was in the in the Buffalo Horns with the sign. Okay, in front okay. Of yeah, the, I know you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, that guy. And he apparently he's some kind of whack job, and he now, now he got arrested. So his lawyer's saying now it's Trump's fault. And that uh, he's now a never-Trumper. He was there to support Trump, but now he's a never-Trumper. But he would march in front of the state capitol in his home state. I think he's Arizona. <clears throat> and uh, all alone and protesting one thing after another. They kicked him out of the Navy because he refused to take his anthrax vaccine back in the 2000s when we were going to war in the, uh, in the Middle East and in, uh, and in Asia. And, of course, anthrax was a threat back then. And they, he said, no, I'm not taking it. So they booted him out of that. Apparently, he hadn't really done much of anything other than cause trouble and be an activist. He was a supporter of Donald Trump on the social media and uh, changed his name to QAnon. I guess that means, guess who I am? I don't know. QAnon. He officially changed his name? This. Well, that's what he was running yeah. around. Oh, he's having people call him that. Okay. Yeah. And and Q sent me is what he would say. Now you remember Q, yeah. the movie Q? Oh sure. Oh yeah yeah. So, and so he's out in front of the Arizona Capitol, and and now the the left is saying, "See those right wing people? They're all crazy." Um, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't marching in front of the Capitol in Arizona with a buffalo antler skin horns on. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't me. I certainly hope not, Doc. <laughs> Dr. Bill was right here growing COVID spikes. You start putting on, you know, horns, I'm going to find another doctor. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, at any rate, it's it's all Trump's fault. He made this guy crazy, and uh, and Green Day says he's a, an American idiot. Hmm. I wonder what I am. I know I'm a redneck. You're, you're just wise, Doctor. You are a wise, wise man. I know I'm a redneck, and I know that. Oh, did I tell you? You know the guy that from Tampa Bay that got arrested uh, at the Capitol um, with the podium. That guy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he was in Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet up on the desk. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Yeah, sure. He's a local boy, and yeah. guess who he's married to? He's married to a doctor who graduated from our residency program at St. Pete General. <laughs> really? I love it, man. We are famous. <laughs> I mean, our little hospital. We're affecting everything from the health and welfare of people who have the COVID virus to the national politics. I love it, man. I love it. You are in the, the center of, of the um, medical and political world right now. Yeah. So now this guy, um, this this crazy guy with the buffalo horns on, he said that he's hired a St. Louis attorney, Albert Watkins. That doesn't sound like a Jewish name, so I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> Uh, you need a good Jewish lawyer if you're going to win. And so he says he should be pardoned by President Trump because President Trump made him do it with his big megaphone. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 So, well, we so. And he believes that televisions and radios emit very specific frequencies that are inaudible and alter the brainwaves of your brain. So be careful. 
And I think he believes that the Freemasons designed Washington, D.C. according to the key lines and, you know, the Freemason conspiracy theories and all that. Well, I mean, everybody was a Freemason back in, in, in 1800, you know, that was kind of like uh, uh, a social networking. They didn't have TV and radio and Internet, so you had to have some way to, to network. And so you had to join a club, you had to join a church. Join the you know, Moose, had, there's all kinds of places like that, and the new Moose Club and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff came out in the 19th century because if you wanted a social network and you, you were a business guy or you were a politician or, or a financial guy or whatever, you had to have some way to meet with your, your cohorts and push your wares and see what was going on in the world and talk about everything. And, and you know, this, is, this was it. People forget that the world did not always have electronic uh, communications. I mean, this is a fairly recent phenomenon. What, the, just in the 20th century, we got radio, right? Yeah, absolutely. Marconi, I think he started radio back at the turn of the 20th century, and, uh, and then television came in in the mid-century. I think they had it back in the 30s and 40s, but it was... The war slowed it down. The war slowed down the development of television, yeah. Well, they were using that for, you know, they were using the, the basis of television for their radar screens and all that. True, so, yes. They were working on it, but the the the, uh, the use, the practical use, was for the war machine. And then, yeah. but I think it was in the mid '40s that the first uh, uh, TV was actually displayed in New York City in Times Square or somewhere. <clears throat> so yeah, there was a time in this country where if, you know if you got a phone call and you weren't home, you didn't get it. It just didn't happen. There was no message machines, no, no nothing. No they had no, a call nothing. back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, give me a buzz, give me a ring. Uh, you, you had to tell them exactly when you were going to be home. And then my favorite part of that is you didn't want any phone call, just take it off the hook. And you can't do that anymore, no, man. No, can't do that anymore. You have to actually turn the whole machine off. Oh, my God. I know. It's just, it's, it's difficult the way they're making it for us now these days. Oh, my God. It used to be my car was the only place I had solitude. Now I don't even have that anymore. You know, there's... Nope, you don't. You're and always you're in contact. Always in contact, my friend. Always in contact. And people like so, my wife expect me to be there. You know, every when second. you should be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Because she's there for you. But of course, my wife, I have to answer immediately if she calls. But if I call her, well, <laughs> you know, you know Doc, gonna, we're living she, parallel lives. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I have the Where same experience. I have the same experience. <laughs> We're playing money poke, not money poker, but just chip poker with some friends last night. And I said something, and that foot came up. I mean, she <laughs> gave me a, she gave me a jackass kick right in the thigh. <laughs> oh my God, what a woman! Well, we the love them. Can kick. We love them, isn't it? Even if they don't return we our phone calls yeah, right away. Love them, you know? Yeah. And so, any rate, so we had a great night playing poker and. Uh, uh, we played with Ken and Barbara, and uh, and of course, Myung, my wife, is turning to me and saying, "Did you see that? Ken stole chips. He's cheating." And then I turn my head, and she steals my chips. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? My chips are her chips. That's right. So she's stealing That's from herself. Right. So it's not yeah. stealing. <laughs> but if I stole her chips, now that would That's be stealing. Right. There you go. Um, all the female mind. It is so wonderful the way it works. <laughs> it is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
at any rate, so we got all these people that are rabble rousing now. And uh, I told you, my friend Toby, he sent me some uh, video clip of uh, some right wing crazy guy that was tasering his genitalia and killed himself and all this. And he's laughing about how dumb the right wing is. And so uh, I guess that means that everybody who is now rabble rousing, they're just a bunch of idiots. And they may be, I don't know. I mean, I don't know them all. Maybe you do, Ken, but I haven't been introduced. But, uh, you know, I'd like to remind everybody that there were a lot of rabble rousers who didn't really have any impact on the Revolutionary War after it started, uh, but were active in mob violence. And remember the the Boston Massacre in Absolutely, 1770? Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was that was a, a manufactured riot, uh, and they were actually throwing bottles and, and, and beer mugs at, at the young British troops that were in the city, and, and uh, then somebody shot, fired a shot, and they don't know which side did, but the, the troops fired back, as police and troops do when you're fired at. That's what you're supposed to do. Although nowadays we're not supposed to do that. You're just supposed to let the uh, rioters kill you because you're bad and you're police. But at any rate, so that was a big brouhaha. And you remember Sam Adams, uh, John Adams' cousin, and one of the fathers of the country. And he was very active in the uh, independence movement in Massachusetts and then up and down the colonies. And he was sort of emulated by different people in different colonies before the, the Revolutionary War actually started. And he was a writer and a provocateur, and he was a, a smart guy. He graduated from Harvard. He was a trust fund baby. He n- never made it at anything. He he tried in business and failed. He tried a few other things. His father wanted him to be a minister, and he got interested in politics. Kind of a Bernie Sanders kind of guy mm-hmm. with, a, with a little more effect. And so, at any rate, he's been a controversial figure in, in our history because— he has been maligned and praised and back and forth. Uh, some historians see him as a sort of a degenerate uh, uh, trust fund baby who just went from coffee house to tavern, stirring everybody up. And others say, well, he was instrumental in, in organizing people. And they had committees of correspondence, which, again, because there was no Internet, there was no electronic media, uh, you had to have some way to communicate with your uh, your soulmates up and down the colony. So you would have committees of correspondence and you'd write a letter about what your committee is doing and where you were headed. And, and the, the uh, male guy would jump on his horse and he'd carry it down to New York from Massachusetts and then it'd work its way down and he'd come back up. And that's how you got things around. And then everybody kind of knew within a few weeks of each other where they were at so they could start forming militia and doing what they had to do. But at any rate, Sam Adams was involved in that, and he actually uh, called the, the, the meeting before the Boston Tea Party that uh, resulted in the Boston Tea Party. Now, you may not know this, but the, the, the government in, in, in London, Parliament and the King, the, uh, I think it was the East Indian Company or one of the you know, one of the Bay companies that were involved in North America, and they were also in the in, in the Orient, and they were shipping tea back to Europe and to the Americas. They were struggling because, guess what? Americans and Englishmen were bootlegging tea from the from the continent because it was cheaper. Of course. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, I mean, we weren't stupid. No. Uh, and so, at any rate, so the, the English government said, well, well, we'll help you guys out. We won't make you pay tax on your tea because all the tea that was imported and then went to the United States or wherever had to be taxed in, in England. And so what happened is all of a sudden the East India Company or whichever company it was uh, that was shipping the, the tea, they got a pass. And the tea was actually cheaper. It was cheaper than the tea that was being sold uh, in England and and in the and in the colonies. And so the bootleggers, all of a sudden, they're out of business. And the merchants who are buying tea legitimately from other companies, they're stuck with all this tea. And so it wasn't just that the that there was a tax that was going to be applied. It was that there was undercutting our market. <laughs> so. That's what precipitated the Boston Tea Party. That's a backstory I never heard before. Yeah, and so you know, oh, it's all—it's always about money, you know. It is, yes. And I don't know why I don't get more of it. That's the problem. I got to be more about money, Ken. Me I'm gonna too. Get more, yes. I'm, I'm going to get more mercenary this year. I'm going to demand better rates from from Barbara. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, let me know how it goes. Maybe I'll uh, jump in there with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at any rate, so Sam Adams, he has come across in history uh, in various uh, ways. Uh, and, of course, he's most famously known for what? Beer. Sam Adam- That's right, Sam Adams' lager. <laughs> That's right. Because the myth grew up that he was a brewer, but he wasn't. His father had a malt factory. They made the malt, or they refined the malt, and then sent that on to the breweries to make beer. But at any rate, he was kind of peripherally connected to the to the brewing industry, and uh, he was given a thousand pounds, which was a big sum of money by his daddy, to set up a malting business. And he gave half of it away and squandered the other half, and his malt business went under. And so he came back home, and uh, basically he was kind of a a failure at everything except politics. He was a great thinker, a Harvard boy, of course. And John Adams, his cousin, uh, was not real fond of him. He didn't think much of Sam. (laughs) And when he went to Europe, he'd introduce himself as John Adams, not the famous Samuel Adams. He's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And so that, that... that's the story of that family. Now, I'm sure Sam played an integral role in the uh, Revolutionary War and the development of our country. But I don't think he was uh, really all that active after the war started in terms of being involved in the actual uh, military or the actual uh, legal side of it. The, the military side was Washington, and the legal side of it was of course, John Adams. He's the one who wrote our uh, rules of engagement and set up the army and the navy. Uh, did all the legal work there. Did all the paperwork. He got us our first loans when we were a nation. He was instrumental in, in helping write all the laws. He was on the committee that wrote the Declaration of Independence, and most of it had already been written in in various forms. And but Jefferson was the wordsmith, so they gave it to him, the, the young kid. And uh, he did a brilliant job of putting all the ideas and all the sentences together. But, you know, they edited it, and finally it came out. But he was on that committee, so he was on, John Adams was on innumerable committees. He was uh, a diplomat. He went to, went to Paris at the, towards the end of the uh, Revolutionary War to help push uh, the king to sending the fleet over to help us win at, 
out there on the Virginia Peninsula at Yorktown. You remember that? Mm-hmm, sure. It's in all the and, books. Yeah, it's in all the books, and I don't know if my son knows what Yorktown is, but <laughs> you and I do because we grew up at a time when it was important to know your, your history. This is true. And I don't know if how. If you didn't, the nuns would hit you. So that's a... They would hit you, so you better learn that history. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> God bless the nuns. Absolutely right. They set I me told straight. You I'll tell you that. Koska, didn't I? The what? Sister Koska. I don't think you've our, ever talked about the good sister. Our fourth grade teacher, and she was a little bit rough. Rumor had it that she grew up on a hog farm and then went into the nunnery. And she was pretty old by the time she got to us, and she had pretty bad arthritis, and so she couldn't straighten her finger out. And at the beginning of the year, we were all afraid of her. And, of course, by the middle of the year, we figured out, hey, we, we can get around this old this old bird. And she'd point her finger and say, you, you little mealy mouth, cut up, come here. And everybody said, who are you pointing at, sister? Because she, she couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd pick up a dictionary and throw it at us, and we'd all be ducking. Yeah. We're, we're fourth graders. <laughs> that was one of the best years of my life. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we had more fun with that woman, and she'd come around and crack you with that ruler. And if you were fast, you'd get your hands out of the way, and she'd hit the desk and break a ruler. I had a few. I had a few erasers thrown in my head. I think. Oh yeah, erasers. I got punched by one of the brothers at St. X, and uh, it goes on and on. So at any rate, we got Sam Adams. We got a beer named after him, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, I feel really pretty good that that Sam is is in our history as a logger. And not a loggerhead turtle, but a beer. Yeah. He, so, so, he, so he was kind of the, the Facebook of 1775. You got it. Yeah. He was he was the megaphone. He was the, you know, they didn't even have telegraph back then. You think about what a difference the telegraph made in, in our lives. Lincoln could sit in the telegraph room at the White House, and he would be instantaneously updated. I mean, just as quickly as the the, uh, the teletyper could, could punch it in and his guy could decipher it, he would know exactly what was going on on the battlefield. So he was communicating with uh, uh, the, uh, the the guys at Antietam on a minute-by-minute basis about the battle and trying to give uh, directions. And, of course, uh, he uh, he didn't have it exactly his way. He wanted the Union Army to pursue uh, uh, General Lee and the Confederate, the, the Army of Virginia, across the Rappahannock and get him, and in the war, and uh, the the Northerners wouldn't do it. So he was pretty upset about that. But he knew minute by minute what was going on. But you know, fifty years, seventy five years earlier, a hundred years earlier, buddy, if if you didn't know how to read and write and ride a horse, you didn't get any information anywhere. <laughs> you know? That's very true. Yeah. You were kind of stuck. So uh, Sam Adams was an important figure in our in our revolutionary history and in the foundation of the country because he was uh, a learned guy who had the ability to uh, mobilize people and talk and speak and write and get information out across the colonies. So there you go. Whether you think he's a rabble rouser or a great man or whatever, uh, whether you think he instigated the Boston Tea Party or was just the one who called a meeting to discuss what to do about the, the tea coming in. And, you know, there was three ships. They dumped a lot of tea in there, and the Crown wasn't happy. They That's when they started occupying uh, Boston with uh, British troops. And they also 
took away the lower house. They had two houses of, of government in Massachusetts that time, at that time. And so the lower house were the, the, the folks and the upper house was the crown. And they took the lower house away. And they said, we're not going to give you back your rights until you pay back all this tea that you've dumped into the bay. And so the colonies, uh, the colony was, it was kind of in a fix, you know, and they were running out of cash and they couldn't pay that back. So well, these things are financially uh, intertwined. Fascinating, fascinating way speaking, all this works. Speaking of financing, how about we stop for some commercials and some news? Let's do it. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, one of my favorite topics, which is taxation of corporations, since I'm a corporation. I want to talk about that. So I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Hang in there, everybody. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Police departments across the country are reviewing the behavior of dozens of officers who were in Washington on the day of the riot at the U.S. Capitol. An AP review finds at least 31 officers are being scrutinized or face criminal charges tied to the January 6th events in the nation's capital. Most have not been publicly identified. Only a few have been charged. Experts say it's up to police chiefs to strike a balance between maintaining their officers' First Amendment rights and dealing with questions of actual criminal behavior. Rioting youths protesting on the first night of a Dutch curfew have torched a coronavirus testing facility and threw fireworks at police in a Dutch fish, uh, fishing village. Nearly 4,000 people have been arrested. And rescuers in northern China have brought 11 workers safely to the surface two weeks after they were trapped in an explosion in a gold mine. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Copays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. 
Most insurance plans accepted, and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments, so call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. Take AM860, The Answer, with you wherever you go with our mobile app, TheAnswerTampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at Radio.com. Hi, it's you here at Did Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer over the weekend decide on how the Senate would operate? Did they decide on whether or not there would be a trial of former President Trump? Or did they decide nothing and the deadlock remain? We'll update you on every story that matters on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6 on AM 860, The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. A blend of sunshine and clouds for today with a high 76. Tonight. Clear to partly cloudy and mild with a low 64. Tomorrow, periods of clouds and sunshine with a high 77. Tuesday, mostly sunny skies with a high of 78. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. This is Dr. Bill, a little bit of Green Day, American Idiot. Of course, they're a left-wing band talking about us, but I thought it was a pretty neat song anyway. I don't know, Ken, what do you think? I, I like, like it. it. I give it a 10. Yeah. and uh, Got a good Ken beat. Had to, Ken had to censor it, though, because it had one <laughs> of those bad words. <laughs> I did some editing this morning. That's right. A little editing. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, my God. So, at any rate, once again on the virus and the vaccine, the vaccine is safe. Cut the cut the nonsense, and I think it's starting to die down. The uh, you know the the Democrats pushed the narrative for so long before the election that it wouldn't be safe until Trump was out of office. Well, he's out of office. It's the same vaccine, so go get it. You know, it's safe now. I'd love to get it, but they won't let me have it. I'm going to get it as soon as I get it. You're going to get it. I'm too I'm too young yet. Sixty two. That's okay. You can lie. I'll I'll cover you. <laughs> All right, Doc. I mean, nobody will know. This it's just is between true. you and me. Exactly. Nobody's listening to and us, right? Hey, hey. We're air. not telling anybody. We wouldn't put this on no. the air. No. <laughs> so, so, you know, one of the great things that Trump did, and I didn't realize this because I've been looking around at different countries uh, to, uh, once I get the toenail gel up and running, to move that business there because I think the tax rates are going to be out of out of sight here in the United States with the Democrats in, because they're talking about 40% corporate tax. 40%? That's out. That's outrageous. 
that would put us at the top tier of taxation for uh, countries for for corporations. And uh, we were up there in the high 30s for a long time. I guess you knew that. Yeah, it was like 38 when uh, Trump brought it down, wasn't it? Something like that. I think so. Yeah. I th- it was somewhere up there. Now, of course, there's a lot of write-offs and deductions. So the Democrats, they come in and with all these uh, big promises, but then they leave all these loopholes so that they don't lose their corporate sponsors. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to tell you about the. I've been researching this, the 10 countries that charge no corporate taxes. Anguilla. Is that how you pronounce it in the Caribbean? Sounds right. Bahamas, Bahrain, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Guernsey, Alaman, Jersey. And if you wonder where Guernsey, Alaman, and Jersey are, they're off of the English coast. Are they now? Up, yeah. Okay. And, and uh, by the way, when, when Obama came in, remember how he wanted to go after all of the uh, – all the people that had moved their money out of the United States and were sheltering it in Swiss banks and Grand Caymans and all that. Yeah. And the British were all, yes, we're with you. And guess where the British stopped it? At the, the Isle of Man and Guernsey and Jersey. <laughs> they said, no, you can't do it there. That's where we keep all of our money. <laughs> <laughs> so the Turks and Caicos and then Banueta. I don't know where the hell that is. What is it called? It V-A-N-U-A-T-A, Vanuta. Okay. Must be an I island mean, down there somewhere, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's in the South Pacific somewhere, but I don't know. Hmm. And then lower countries uh, are Eastern European countries, Gibraltar, Macedonia, Moldova, Cyprus, Ireland. Ireland's at 12.5%. I don't know if they went up. Liechtenstein, of course, you have to be a millionaire just to just to visit Liechtenstein, much less live there. Albania now, Albania is still pretty cheap. It's only 15%, and it's pretty cheap living, too. Then I'm moving to Albania, I guess. Yeah, let's all go to Albania. And they've got mountains and skiing. and uh, Sounds nice. You you can be Christian or Muslim or whatever you want. doesn't matter. So at any rate, uh, by region, Europe is the lowest with about 19.35% corporate tax rate. And then Asia is 21, the Americas 27, and Africa 28%. So we went from, what, 38% to 21%. And if we go back up to 38 to 40%, we'll be back in the highest tier. And the countries that have real high uh, rates, of course, are, are uh, mostly uh, well-to-do industrialized countries like Japan. But I'm sure that there are some accounting rules there that they can get away with some things. However, let me say this. Let me say this about that. (laughs) I think that it would be a big mistake, and a lot of corporations have remained, uh, have kept their corporate headquarters offshores because they don't trust what the Democrats are going to do. And a lot of this, you know, is just show for the, for the, you know, for the, for the peanut gallery, for the. For the common folk. Yeah, for the common folk, it's just show. I mean, it's all a bunch of shuffle, and, and it's a shell game. You know, where's where's the peanut? Is it under this shell or that shell or that shell? Actually, it's in the guy's pocket, but you'll never <laughs> That's right. It's a- you'll never see it. So what do we do? Well, you know, as I said before the election, if the Democrats get in, I would definitely think about my long-term assets. And because Yellen says she's not going to raise taxes this year due to the to the uh, economy still being a little anemic from the virus shutdown, 
by the way, the Democrats did all the shutting down. <laughs> so they destroyed it so they can rebuild it. That's right. You create a problem, then you fix it. Then you fix it, and that's how you stay in power. That's how you. That's that's modern politics. That's right. I don't think that's modern. I think that goes back to when Uga first took over control of the Cave Clan back in way back when. Probably, yeah. So at any rate, so and you say, well, how will this affect you, Doctor Bill? Well, if if I'm successful with my nail gel study, by the way, I've still got that going on. You can join that at seven two seven. 384-6411, 727-384-6411. You can call. We got free nail gel, free mugs. It's three visits to the office, and that's it. It's easy. All we're doing is trying to make sure that we're not getting any significant levels of the anti-inflammatory uh, in the compound. And so far, we haven't seen any, Not nobody, nobody has had any positive for it. So it doesn't even get absorbed through the toenails into the system. What kind it of what kind of problems does this solve? We talked about your nail gel a lot, but we never really talked about what does it solve? What what kind of problems do you use this for? You use it for anti for fungus for toenail fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also used it off label uh, for um, skin rashes uh, for athlete's foot and for topical uh, you know for skin funguses like uh, um, uh, ringworm and things like that. It works for that, too. But uh, I'm only studying it for the toenails, and I can only advertise it for that. And since, since this is not an ad right now, because it's not on the market, Ken, right? then I'm just telling you as a friend, just between you and me, I don't want anybody else to know about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. that, that these are things that you can use it for. And it's a, it's a good formula. It's very simple, and I love it. Now, what if somebody wants to take part in the study? What do they need to do? Just give you a call? Give us a call, and we'll make you an appointment. There's no cost. You get free toenail gel, um, free mug. Uh, we were going to have some parties for everybody so we could show each other our toenails. <laughs> but uh, with the COVID virus, I'm afraid. Nah, so we'll have yeah. to wait till the vaccine is pretty well distributed. Then we'll have a party for, for all the participants. And we're getting close to being full, so hurry up. Get in there and join us. At any rate, where was I? I was talking about something. We are talking about we- business uh, tax rates. Oh, yeah. So, so look, why would I want, let's say that this really does go big. Let's say I'm selling, you know, several million tubes a month or a year or whatever. And, you know, I'm making tens of millions of dollars and I'm a mogul and a magnet. Why would I want to uh, domicile my business in the United States and pay 40% corporate income tax when I can go to uh, Panama and pay 20% income tax and it's it's all and my bank account is private and nobody can get in it not even the president of the united states and you remember when they had that big to do a few years ago about all the people that had these private banking accounts in panama and they somebody got a hold of a secret list from yeah. some law company that law company by the way is now defunct and uh, of course it didn't go really anywhere a few politicians were embarrassed but uh, why would i want to do that why would i want to stay here I can get cheaper labor. I can have the same lifestyle, just about, in Panama. And uh, even if I don't live there full time, I mean, I can have a one of our friends who's our accountant. She bought a, a, a townhouse down there recently for like two hundred fifty thousand on the water. Whoa! You know, twenty seven hundred square feet, brand new, all the accoutrements. She showed us pictures. You know, beautiful pool and hot tub and spa and the whole nine yards. Panama. Yeah. Panama. And she said, 
you can get uh, a servant, a maid, or you know, a housekeeper to live in, and uh, that all these little, all these condos have a little room that's just for your live-in housekeeper, and then you pay them a small fee, and of course the cost of living is less down there, and uh, there's still a lot of activity, and there's a big expat community, not only Americans, Canadians, Germans, all kinds of people come in there. Let's go, Doc. It's booming. I mean, it is booming. The capital is growing by leaps and bounds, and it's it's gorgeous. Uh, the infrastructure is really good. Uh, they've got first-class Internet, and they have electric service. And so, you know, it looks like a, I'd like to take a flight down there and see we should take a trip down there. How's the medical but care down there? How's the medical care? The medical care is pretty good. Yeah. A lot of doctors are down there, expats from different countries who've gotten their license. And, of course, uh, Panamanians, a lot of them have trained in the United States. Now we're shifting more towards the Dominican Republic and Hondurans and other Latin American countries that have been underserved. Uh, we now have a lot of doctors who train from those regions, and uh, some of them stay. You know, my friend uh, Jesus Lanza, he's a, a guy who was from, the Dominic, uh, from Honduras, and he stayed here. And then uh, I've talked about... Uh, Dr. Balcazar, our world-famous infectious disease doctor who got us started with the remdesivir, and, and we all sat around the table and figured out how to cure this thing back in early March before anybody else. At any rate, she's from uh, the Dominican Republic, which is the island of Hispaniola, which is also Haiti's island, so they're next door to each other. So, But we're, we're shifting from you know different parts of the Caribbean, have different at different times have people come in to train medically here. And so I think the medical care is pretty good down there. And I know people who've gone down there for dental care because it's so cheap. I've heard that too. Yes. So let's so, go. I'm ready to go. I, I would, I would, yeah. And I, I don't want to desert the United States completely, but I want to, I want to hedge my bet. Yeah. You know, it, only makes, it makes financial sense to do that if you're a business. Yeah. And you know, a lot of big corporations have been doing this for decades and, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the big pharmaceutical companies that were based in the United States, they sold out to European companies, Bristol-Myers Squibb, uh, Sanofi, uh, a whole bunch of the countries out there. Uh, uh, you know, they bought up American companies. It's so stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and when Obama came in and came in with the Affordable Care Act, one of the things that he did is he destroyed our domestic travel insurance industry. So what is travel insurance? When you go on a cruise outside the United States, uh, you get travel insurance. Your your uh, tour person will, your your booker will say, well, look, you know, for 250 300 bucks, you get travel insurance. And then if you're in, in Haiti at, uh, at the resort there and you get sick, this will cover you being flown back to the United States and your medical care while you're there and so on and so forth. And so everybody, almost everybody, gets travel insurance when they travel. The Canadians get it when they come down here for the winter, most of them. And Europeans who come here, and when I go to Europe, we get it. And, Ken, if you go on a cruise, you'll get it. Yeah, I've had, had it many times, yeah. Obamacare destroyed the travel insurance industry in the United States. It all went to Canada, Australia, and Switzerland. All of it. So what did American insurance companies do like united health care they went and bought travel insurance companies in canada 
I mean, it's just so stupid. You know, it's like let's let's think of how many rules we can make up and see if they can figure a way to get around them. And they always do. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because if, if you don't have commerce and, and intercourse between human beings, then the world's not going to progress. And you, you're, you're going to have, it's like we were talking at the table, uh, at the lunch table back in March, and, and we were laughing about all the lockdowns and all the shutdowns. And we were saying, there's no way you're going to stop this virus from coming out of China or out of uh, Europe. You cannot stop it. Human beings will travel. They'll find a way to get around no matter what. So well, even the new strains are here and, and people, you know, allegedly we're trying to keep things out, but even the new strains are making their way here. So you just can't do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were here a week after they were discovered in Southern yeah. England. So put on your mask and get yourself a vaccine. Yeah. Shut up. Get in line. That's right. I'm going to smack somebody if they don't do it. You know, <laughs> it really gets me upset, Ken. You have to listen to the doctor. Oh, I always listen to my doctors. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Because... You're delinquent on your bill. (laughs) (laughs) So at any rate, we've got this situation where uh, they're going to drive more business out of the country again. And, uh, you know, I I wish that that they had more sense. Now, maybe Janice Yellen will have a little more sense and she won't want to jack it up too high. But she says she thinks corporate tax rates need to go up. Why? I mean, we, we were doing really well under under Trump. Yeah, the economy was pretty much as good as it's ever been. Yeah, you know, we were booming. So now you want to go and slow it down again and get us all on the dole. Hmm. Wonder what his, I wonder what history will say about this time period in 100 years when they look back and they say these people took the greatest economy that the world had ever seen and purposely put it in the toilet. I mean, will we be judged badly for that, do you think? We would, and I, I think that uh, if there are honest historians who really investigate and they're objective, they're going to see it in, in a light that you're referring to, that you're you're blinking at, because it's craziness. You know, why why do you shoot yourself in the foot? It makes no sense. Yeah. When you had the mask and you had everything you needed to contain it as best as possible, but you know. <clears throat> yeah, you know, why would you tell people, oh? Stop working, don't do anything, stay at home, when you can put on a frickin' mask and get back out there and do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I know. Just be safe and have good masks. Hmm. I don't know. Well, any rate. we won't be around to find out how we're judged, so that's probably a good thing. Well, I might. Are you going to be around another 100 years, Doc? Dr. Bill's going to invent the longevity pill. Okay, well, <laughs> right after the toenail study, right after that toenail study, we'll get going on that then. That's our next business. Our next uh, project is the longevity pill. At any rate, so starting a business outside of the United States, uh, you, you got a lot of things to think of. Of course, one of them is the taxation rate. Uh, you have to think about the legal side of it. And uh, Panama is fairly easy to incorporate a corporation. Uh, construction permits, electricity, infrastructure, property, uh, getting credit if you need credit. And so you want to go to a country that has uh, a good setup for credit for new businesses, startup businesses. Of course, these are going to be growing countries like Panama. Panama is booming and growing. Uh, And then protecting minority investors. And you don't want to go to a Muslim country because most of the Muslim countries probably know this, Ken. It's like China. 
the Muslim countries will not allow you to have a business unless you're a minority shareholder. So you have to have Muslims as 51% shareholders. Thank you, no. And same way in China. Yeah. If you're a big business, you cannot be in business without having the government own the majority of your business. And giving, uh, and you have to give them all your technology, too, by the way. So, Well, yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. And so you want to think about the tax rate, uh, trading across the borders. you got to think about if you're going to do something international like I have in mind with my toenail gel, which I want to sell all over the world. Then you have to think about, can you export from there? Do they have ports? Well, Panama's... You know, the Panama Canal. (laughs) I think they're covered on that one. Yeah. That's a good port. (laughs) And then you have to have a legal system that is uh, relatively honest and forces contracts and uh, have a way of resolving business disputes. And and you also have a way of resolving insolvency other than coming and having somebody chop your hands off. So, you know, you want to be, if you go under, you've got to have a system where there's bankruptcy laws. And so these are all things you have to think about. And, you know, here's the top five countries to start a business, not necessarily the best tax rates, but the overall. New Zealand is number one. Now, of course, you're at the ends of the earth there. Yeah. But they say it's beautiful. I've I, never been. I would I've like seen to go. Some, I've seen some video. It's gorgeous there. Plus, they, they kept the virus down to practically nothing there. Yeah. They've been, well, yeah, there's nobody there. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, there are so. like a thousand sheep for every human being. <laughs> And so New Zealand, Singapore, if you can afford to live there, is fairly easy to start a business. Hong Kong, of course, if you say anything that the uh, communist government doesn't like, you might end up out there in the northwest province with the Yigars. Yigars, is that how we pronounce it? Um, I'm not sure. Yigars, the ones that are the Muslims that are being in... uh, uh, imprisoned out there, <laughs> you'll go out there and you'll work with them. Hmm. And then uh, South Korea, I did not know South Korea and Denmark. Now South Korea is not cheap to live. It is not cheap. Denmark's a nice country. We've been there. We've been to South Korea a few times. I'd live in South Korea. It's a wonderful country. Very modern. People, yeah. People are nice. The food's good and very modern. Very modern. So there's a lot of good places and a lot of good abilities and things that we can do to hedge our bet. And it doesn't mean we have to give up on the United States. I'm not. I'm going to keep pushing and fighting. And I'm going to keep uh, doing everything I can to to ensure that that we uh, that we continue on as a as a nation and 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 uh, that we grow and, and continue our conservative march. And, and I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Now, I wanted to read you one more thing. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Nassau scientist. This is pretty cool. A Nassau scientist with access to intellectual property is pleaded guilty this, this month to lying about his ties to China's Thousand Talents program that the U.S. government accuses of luring Chinese overseas talent and foreign experts to the communist country and rewarding them for stealing our information. So this guy is... Maya Mayapan, M-E-Y-Y-A-M-E-Y-Y-A-P-A-N, Mayapan. That's got to be some Southeast Asian name. 66 years old, and he admitted in U.S. District Court in New York City, Spurrow, Manhattan, on Wednesday last week to one count of making false statements to federal officials about his involvement in this program, and it carries a maximum sentence of five years imprisonment and a fine of $250,000. I'd like to collect that, Ken. 
and this is in violation of his terms of employment and of the United States government. He's working for NASA, and he's giving our secrets away. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to say goodbye pretty soon. we got about 40 seconds left here, Doc. It's been a great show, Ken, and as always, you're wonderful. Don't let Brian come back. He's a nice boy, but he really doesn't. <laughs> he's not much of a conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's a great guy. I love Brian. He's a good guy. We love him. And don't forget, Dr. Bill has telemedicine, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Stick with us and come back next Sunday. We're going to have more to talk about. It's all going over us and above us and around us, and so let's keep up. I'm Dr. Bill. I am out of here. Have a great week. Thank you.